Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We're here in the second hour of the Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kulik, your host, all the way from... Massachusetts. There you go. Yes, <laughs> and with me, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me, the blonde bombshell herself from East Bridgewater's basement, I'm sure. Oh, d- did you graduate from the basement? I graduated. Hi, everybody. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up in the uh, penthouse now. Oh, really? I'm on the, high, on the highest level of the house. I liked it when you they stuffed you in the basement with your wine. That was it. I mean, it was My close husband, to the wine cellar. You know that. Was <laughs> My husband's uh, in the uh, in the dungeon now. He's oh, good. moved his desk down there, so it's perfect. Excellent. We, we that worked out really spots. good. <laughs> Excellent. It is. It is, and I am I am well, and I hope you are the same, and I hope you all are the same out there, wherever yep. you are. Yep, I've been digging this time off. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like what a great time to get the bodies out of your basement. There's no one around to see. No, for those for those who don't know what I'm talking about, is I, I posted my Facebook page, of course, and I uh, gave you an update of what I'm doing. And today I spent the day digging buckets of sand out of my basement, one five-gallon bucket at a time. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> anyway, so we have a great show tonight. Uh, we have somebody who does what. And loves. Uh, she is the head of the, oh God, I'm going to butcher names, Princeton Tour Company, I believe, and her name is Mimi something. Exactly. That's why I call myself Mimi O. It's too hard. I married a, a, a wonderful Polish guy, but his last name's Omasinski. Pretty tough to say. Oh, but if you I focus said it on right. the sin, if you focus <laughs> on the sin, you can get through it. Omasinski. Then you're done. That's yeah. I told Ron, he is terrible. He butchers everybody's name. And I'm like, oh, God, he's never going to get through this. And I'm like, it's Omasinski. Very good. That's how I came up with it. My maiden name was Morrison. Oh, that's a a shame. (laughs) How can I give that up, right? But he's that great of a guy, so it's worth it. Uh, (laughs) In all fairness, fairness, I am Polish, uh, but my name is Kolak with only five letters, so not so hard. They still butcher it anyways. (laughs) Polish names scare people. Mm -hmm. So Mimi, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. I'm I'm really thrilled and a little nervous, so I'm going to get that out there. And then I won't be as nervous as we go forward. <laughs> uh, there's nothing to be nervous about. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a, well, I'm a fan. So um, this is exciting. Oh, oh that's great. We love our fans. <laughs> so we we um, you know I came. I always like to explore the internet and look for different things. So I know Anne loves cemeteries. Uh, she's yes, I do. Avid taphophile. In fact, if you haven't visited her page, go check it out. It's called uh, Cemetery Tripping. It's on Facebook, I believe, right? Yeah. 
Yes. Yep. Pop on Facebook. Cemetery tripping. And I post all my pictures. I just, you know, I'm an amateur photographer. I'm not a professional photographer. Um, but I just love taking pictures of historic and interesting gravestones. So, yeah, that's the page. We can't go anywhere without her stopping at a grave somewhere. Oh, no. <laughs> so, me. So as I was perusing the, the internet, and I came across uh, looking for haunted cemeteries, and Mimi's name came up. So I hope we're going to talk a little bit about haunted cemeteries, Mimi. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, how, so uh, Anne, have you have you been to Princeton Cemetery? I'm just curious. I have not. I have not because I'm uh, way up here in Massachusetts, so I'm not I, down there very often. So well, where, let me tell is, you, when all this is over, I'm going to do a lighthouse dinner, and you're going to have to come down here and see this cemetery. Once this is oh. all over, we're all going to come up with a life bucket thing. I'd love to, oh. I'd love to host you here. Ah, I'd love to be there. There you go. <laughs> where is Princeton Cemetery? And don't say Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Do you know it is exactly one block from the gates of Princeton University? Wow. Which is so in what it's state? in the heart of downtown in New Jersey. Okay. And New Jersey. Oh. It, yes, Princeton, New Jersey, home of Princeton University, um, mm-hmm. Ivy League town. And it's uh, one of the oldest uh, cemeteries. It started in 1756. Oh, wow. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So it's got some amazing people buried inside. I'm sure we'll get to all that. But it's located in the heart of the town, so it would be impossible to come to Princeton and not venture upon our cemetery. Is it a large cemetery? When you say live cemetery, tell me what you mean. Lodge, L-E-I-G-E. Oh, oh large. Oh, God. I'm from the south. Well. I'm from the yeah, south. This is my, uh, this is my uh, uh, Polish um, New England accent. <laughs> no, I'm sure my southern accent is the same. I was like, what do you say? Oh, uh, it, is, it is fairly large. Um, uh, it's probably about three city blocks, if I can just make it in layman's terms. Oh, wow, yeah. And you nice. can still get buried there. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. But Whether you, you want to or not. <laughs> you, right? How many, grave, how got many a, grave sites? Do you know how many interments you have? It's about 7,200. And okay. uh, we've got signers of the Declaration of Independence. i got a United States president. i got a vice president. And I've even got the richest wow. kid that ever went to Princeton buried there. Einstein is not. Oh. But his uh, stepdaughter is. And his favorite secretary is. And uh, the list goes on and on. Of course, you can imagine I'm ready to tell them all, but um, <laughs> it is uh, the cemetery is really uh, uh, it's a metaphor for the town because you're going to have very wealthy, wealthy tycoony types buried there. Mm-hmm. You've got Nobel Prize winners, Pulitzer Prize winner, Medal Award winners, crazy, like just unbelievably accomplished people. Mm-hmm. And then you have big fat nobodies like me buried inside there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I'm sure you know Princeton University is a you know it's the best school in the Ivy League in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's a competitive place. It's a com- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you guys are going to say Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they do a good. But I, I, how did you get involved in all this to start with, Mimi? Uh, the tour business. Yes, dear. or all of it. 
So here, here's what happened. I uh, I moved here 13 years ago. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. That's uh, I love Nashville. Ah, yeah. Great same. town. Yes. Great town. Nice place to grow up. And then I uh, I went to University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, I really wanted to be a social worker. So oh. I got my bachelor's degree in social work. And oh, then cool. I moved to Atlanta. And I figured out really quickly I couldn't live on a social work salary. So I was doing everything I could to just afford to be this social worker. So I was doing night shift and triple shift and you name it and all that kind of stuff. And um, I had a Nana that was, she liked to dress nice. And so Mm -hmm. she always made sure we had some decent clothes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'd go on these units and some decent clothes. And um, I, I started you know, just working, and the marketing department was like, hey, do you want to go out and do some stuff? And so mm-hmm. I ended up getting recruiting into marketing and sales and uh-huh. loved it and figured out, wow, this is amazing. And so I started working in sales for psychiatric hospitals. And the end of the movie is I'm a bit of a workaholic, and so I ended up getting this great job from a lady named Barbara Dalton, and she took me under her wing, and I just kind of went for it. And uh-huh. uh, just put my nose down. Didn't really do much else but work for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I met the love of my life, Steve Omasinski, on an airplane. <laughs> and uh, no, no kidding. And he lived in Boston. You'd love that. And uh, uh-huh. I was in Atlanta. We dated long distance for about two or three years. And then we got in the same zip code. And then uh, I got him to marry me. And then we had a son. <laughs> Oh no! It took me two years to close the deal, but I did. And then uh, we had a son named 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 him Stosh. I'm sure you've heard that name up north. Uh, it's uh, a nickname for Stanislaw for Polish folk. And I'd never heard the name Stosh, but when we were dating, I would go up to upstate New York where he's from, and everybody was Uncle Stosh. This Stosh, Stosh, Stosh. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Stosh Omasinski. That's the perfect boy name. And my <laughs> husband is. He's beautiful. He's six four, and he's got a full head of hair, and he's got astronaut good looks. So I, uh, I was wow. just desperate to have a, a son with him. So we had our son Stosh, and uh, Stevie's job. My husband's job was global, so he had to travel a bunch. So I gave up my career, which was a big deal for me mm-hmm. personally, and then um, probably not for anybody else. But it was a big piece of my identity, and I just threw everything into this family life, and then. He got relocated to New Jersey, and I cried big old boo-boo tears and <laughs> didn't think I'd like New Jersey. I mean, I'd heard horrible things about, I mean, you know, oh, horrible. <laughs> and, uh, well, it oh, doesn't I'm, have a very good rap. rap oh, it doesn't. So. But you know what? I'm so glad it's the rap because it keeps people away. This is an amazing state. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love it. I did not love the airport and certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I flew in, I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. Let me tell you, I got off that highway and I came in through Princeton and just was like, oh my God, this is my forever place. This is it. And just wow. fell madly in love. And I tease, you know, I, it really, for me, with my husband, it was love at first sight for me. And it's a little bit like these ghosts you like to talk about. You know, people don't believe in ghosts until they see one. And people don't believe in love at first sight until it happens to them, Right. And so for me, Princeton really was love at first sight. And we bought uh, the smallest condo where three adults can live legally in Mm -hmm. Princeton. Super, super small, but it's directly across the street 
from Nassau Hall, the gates of Princeton. So I look wow. out onto, yeah, I look out onto the, yeah, the administrative building for Princeton. It's beautiful and great view and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of settled in. And then I gave up my car because you don't really need a car if you live in downtown Princeton. So I would mm-hmm. walk or bike everywhere. And I was biking around. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's John Nash before he passed away. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Eddie Glau, the guy you see on TV, and that's Paul Krugman, and that's this person. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a crazy, like even a dum-dum like me recognizes <laughs> people like that. And I was like, this place is nuts. Like, this is crazy. And so I live on top of town, and I live on top of all the shops, and I ran into Mr. Landau, who owns a shop here. It's actually the first store in America to sell pantyhose. Uh, oh, not crazy. Yeah, not random, but cool. Anyway, so they sell awesome stuff like that in their store. And I went into Mr. Landau and I was like, I just saw John Nash. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call him sneakers. And I was like, why? Because, and he was like, because that's what we all call him because he wears Converse tennis shoes. And if you call him sneakers, he's going to think you're a real local and you'll be friends with John Nash. <laughs> and sure enough, that's how I became friends with John Nash. And, um, wow. So I became so in love with it and obsessed with it that all my girlfriends, my husband worked for a pharmaceutical company back then, and and, um, they'd all moved to Bucks County in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I kept bragging about Princeton. And I have a a real good friend named Jennifer, and she was like, okay, we get it, right? (laughs) And it's amazing. But you're a one-note orchestra. Like, (laughs) we're done with this. We're sick of hearing about Princeton. And she just said, you should just do something with it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a bike tour business. And so, oh. I, yeah, I just I, I sat down. I did a quick little sketch out. I bought 24 bikes. Mm-hmm. And um, the oldest cycle shop in America, the second oldest cycle shop in the world, Cops Cycle oh, wow. Shop, is, mm-hmm. is a block and a half from me, owned by Charlie uh-huh. Moon. His, his granddaddy owned it. And um, I went down to Charlie, and I said, oh, my God, I just bought all these bikes, and I have nowhere to park them. I, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> I got so excited. And you know what Charlie did? He he uh, he said, that's okay. You can just park it in my parking lot, which if you've ever come to Princeton, parking's a premium. Oh. And he let me start and stop the bike tours out of there. Oh, And so wow. then this little Makes social sense. worker. So, so how did you yeah. get into the haunted stuff? I mean, you, you do haunted tours too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry to get so far into the weeds on that. So so what happened was I started out with the bike tours, and I had to learn the history, inside, outside, upside down, right? little social worker. Yep. And you can't be in an Ivy League town and fudge the history, right? you you right, got to yep. get, get serious, right? So it took mm-hmm. me a long time to really get it right, to the point that sometimes I would have notes with me because I didn't want anybody to think I was fudging it or I was misrepresenting. So then I'm, you know, it starts out bike tours, walking tours, whatever. Well, I take out this corporate group. Don't work. Don't worry. The haunted part's coming now. And um, there was this fancy guy on a corporate tour, and he was super nice. And we ended at a restaurant, and he, you know, they were wanting me to continue a little bit, and they bought me a drink. And, and he was like, you know, I see ghosts. Oh. And I was a little like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow. Okay. You know, Whatever you said. You know, yep. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he goes, no, 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 Don't let that scare you. But I really see ghosts. And I'm telling you, this is one of the most spirited towns I've ever seen. 
Really? And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And um, this guy was from Seattle, and he had relocated here. He was over, um, like, you know how your kitchen has knobs and cabinets and stuff like that? So he was taking some company public, and he had to be here for a six-month period. Mm -hmm. So he rented in downtown Princeton, and and I would see him walking around and kind of do the stop wave when I would see him on the sidewalk. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Oh, that's like I can see ghosts kind of thing. And he just kept hounding me, and he said, listen, I will give ghost tours for you. Oh. It's wrong not to share this. And so uh, I was like, okay. So we <laughs> put it up on the website, and then this guy, John, that was his name. I think I'll, I'll just keep his first name if that's okay because he's not yeah, that's fine. a that's professional fine. like the people you deal with. And um, So, you know, I said, well, what do I need to get? And he goes, well, you know, look, people want a lantern. You know, you know let's, let's do the stuff that get people interested. But honestly, let's, let, let's, get, let's do the stuff that make a tourist want to do this. But if it's okay with you, I'm going to really – talk about what I'm seeing. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, that sounds great. And so then he started doing it. Well, we got a lot of people very interested. And to be honest, it was fun when John was doing it because you're standing there and you're like, oh my gosh, he's seeing a ghost. But then by the fifth time, you're kind of like, okay, well, I can't see it. So <laughs> it's not fun. You know, I mean, it's fun and it's quirky, but it's not whatever. Mm-hmm. So he agreed with me, and he said, "You know what you got to do is you got to get Weird New Jersey. You got to get some of these professionals out here. You got to contact the police department. You got to contact safety, uh, the patrol officers on Princeton University campus. You got to put ads in the newspaper. You got to get you got to get the what have people seen, heard, felt, you know, right. smells, all that. You got to get the facts about experiences." So I went through this whole year-long process of gathering just data about what people felt like they had, you know, experienced. Mm-hmm. And then you guys know more about this than I ever would. This is such a small sliver of what we do. But, but you know that when you're in a space, the more you know about the space and the potential people that could be haunting it, the details of their life, the real details, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Ron, if I was going to try and connect with you on the other side, you know, I'd know you had a near-life, you know, near-death experience that got you really into this, that you're a scientist, that you've done some tremendous things. But I'd focus on the fact that you got a 4.0 in college and you met oh my your God. wife. You do you know, know right? about And you've actually, <laughs> you've been a judge for Miss Port, what was it, the South Chapter of Miss America, right? Oh, my goodness. So if I tried to connect uh, with you on the other side, I've learned the more you know about somebody's life, the more you invest in their personal history, the more likely they are to get out of bed and come visit you. <laughs> and this is just my amateur, you know, social worker becomes tour guide person, right? <laughs> That's pretty cool. And That's so yeah, so what is happening? Cool. <laughs> oh, sorry, I did. All, it was a quick Google search, and it was all good stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> but at any rate, um, so so we sat down and we kind of you ha- you know how this goes. I'm in the tour business. I'm really not in the ghost hunting. I I really enjoyed the the talk last hour. I learned a lot, and we try and make it very. Hopefully, you noticed on the Princeton Tour Company website, we make it very clear. Look, we are we are tour guides by nature. 
and mm-hmm. we do this this ghost thing because people really want it, and it's a truthful experience. Oh yeah, I, I don't that. judge that stuff at all. Yeah. No, not at no, all. No, no, I mean, no, no, that's, but I want that's to get that strictly part, what you're you doing. Know. Yeah. Yeah, but what's happened is that I think by the fact that we partnered up with real para professionals, um, mm-hmm. and then had the real testimonials. Well, then okay, now you get a package of one and a half hour experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's got to be walkable. So you can only show off so many ghosts and so many stories and all that kind of stuff. And we figured out pretty quickly, I, you know, look, I, I went to New Orleans. I went to Nashville. I went everywhere that I could find that does some ghost tours. Mm-hmm. And um, what I found is that too much of one thing for people that are not obsessed with ghosts is, you know, you get that one person that gets drug on a ghost tour and they're like, oh, good God. Why do I have to do this, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get yeah. that one person who's like, okay, but if, but I love history, so if I can get a little history, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. you guys know people love the toys, the ghost meter, the thermometer, and all that. Uh, yeah. So we built oh, yes. a product that was a third history, a third ghost hunting, and a third cemetery. And in mm-hmm. the cemetery, that's where we can really do the history because the age of the cemetery is the same as the age of the university. 1756. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's almost like it was supposed to happen this way, right? So yeah. when we so what we ended up starting to do is we start on campus and we start with the ghost stories, and we've got some good ones. We got a real mean guy, Antoine LeBlanc, and he uh, he was. I don't know how much. Well, you got to you, you got to give us a sample, so you might as well pick a good mm-hmm. one and, and give us a nice sample of one, so that we know. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh, right? there's so many. There's so many, but um. People love Antoine. We'll do Antoine. So Antoine okay. LeBlanc was a, he's a French nobleman, came from a bunch of money, and he uh, stole from his mom and daddy. So they threw him on a boat to New York City. <laughs> and so Antoine lands himself in New York City, and he's like, okay, I'm a nobleman, I'm a cool dude, I don't, I don't want to do hard labor. We couldn't get a job. So he finally gets a job uh, from Judge Sayer in Morristown, New Jersey. And the judge was a big deal in town, but Antoine was going to have to be the farmhand, and uh, Antoine didn't like doing that. So it wasn't very long until Antoine found himself at a bar, and he ended up going back, and he went back to Antoine uh, to Judge Sayer's house, and he murdered the judge and murdered the uh, wife and oh. murdered the servant, murdered everybody, you know, everything. And then he panics, and he so he ends up taking the bodies, and he takes them to the bar, and he covers them up with sawdust and stuff like that. And then he's panicking even more, runs back in the house, he steals some silver to try and make ends meet. And then, of course, just as, like, you know, all ghost stories go, but real-life stories, too, right? Of course, he puts it in a a sack that's got a hole in it. (laughs) And so as he's running out of town, the poor silver is dropping out of the bag that was monogrammed uh, with Judge Thayer's monogram, and the police tracked him down nearly immediately. And so they had a very quick... uh, kind of trial and it was back when hangings were still kind of more entertainment than even just Uh punishment and so um they were trying out this new way of hanging somebody where they weren't going to drop them down instead they're going to lift them up with a weight and they had all this it's crazy and they had all these people show up thousands of people for back then now what do you do with a body right you've you've the guy's gone and now you've got uh somebody nobody knows nobody wants to pay to bury him what do you do with the body well, you donate it to science. 
And so Princeton University at the time was very well known for not only being a charismatic Christianity school for young boys, but it was also unique in that among the early Ivy Leagues, it was the first to actually start really dabbling into science, which is was very radical at the time. You know, Quaker mothers, colonial mothers were afraid of science. Mm-hmm. They thought maybe God right. wouldn't like it, and they, you know, they just didn't want their sons doing <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, Princeton was in, to, in it to win it. So they accepted Antoine's body, and they laid him out, and they, they hooked him up. They wanted to see if they could bring him back to life. So they <laughs> battery. This is all true. If you can Google it. So they, they hook him up to all these these different, you know, kind of a rudimentary battery system, and they started turning the knobs, and the, the professors are going crazy, and they're so excited because, like, his fingers moved, and his eyes twitched a little. Supposedly he grinned, and, and then they took it too far. And his eyelids started to burn, and it was like, okay, oh. now we're done with the experiment, right? We're done. We're done. It's not going to work. Antoine's not going to live. Now, what do you do with the body? Because <laughs> the experiment failed. Nobody knows. Oh, now what do we do? Well, you find an ambitious entrepreneur, you find a small business owner, and you contact the tannery. And oh you no! Give Antoine's oh. body to the tannery, and uh, the ambitious person made wallets and lampshades and all sorts of stuff out of Antoine's body. And everybody wanted a piece. Everybody wanted a piece of Antoine's body. He was the first triple murderer in New Jersey. Oh, gross. In fact, judge, in fact sheriff, uh, the sheriff had to authenticate the wallets and the items because they were so afraid of a copycat. Like maybe somebody would like, you know, skin Nana, right, and create oh, a Chamel purse or something. It was crazy, right? <laughs> so Antoine is one of the meanest ghosts in Princeton and probably one that has been cited most often on campus. Um, he's housed in the Joseph Henry house. Joseph Henry was a popular professor, first archi- arch- uh, architecture uh, professor on any mm-hmm. college campus, and he was also decent scientist. So at any rate, so we we're going to have to hold Antoine right here because house. we have to take a break. So we'll finish oh, okay. this in, well, after the break. So you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kohler, and our special guest is Mimi of Princeton Tours. And we'll be right back after the following messages. By the way, we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and a co- the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, and we'll be right back. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, 
I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, Mimi Omasinski of the Princeton Tour Company. Da-da-da-da! It's so easy! It rolls Shut off up. my tongue! That perfect! Get it perfect! I perfect. Shut up! <laughs> Shut your face! <laughs> Mimi, I had two cousins, Joshua and Stashu. You're kidding me. Oh. Nope. nope. So I, I love that same name. Family. Oh, I yep. believe same. it. I believe it. Stan I, and John. Yeah. Yep. Yashua and Stashua. Anyway. That's so great. So uh, I have to laugh because that's that actually the wallet the wallet man is in one of my books. <laughs> oh. But that's uh, oh God, that that's it's crazy. a that is a cool story though. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, listen. It, well, it goes on. You know, the the town has got so many. Uh, the mm. Lincoln train went through campus. Yeah. Uh, it's just so many, so many. It's so it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, but my favorite thing about what what John told me it's it's a lot like the cemetery, like we were saying. You know, Princeton's full of smart oh, pants and tycoons. Before we go before we go on, we quite didn't finish the story because you said he was oh, the meanest okay. ghost in Princeton, and then we got kind of cut off there. Oh, right. Did you hear anything you wanted to add before? Before we left, uh, before... I, I don't. You know what? I don't remember exactly where I ended it, but I, it's, the gist, it's the gist of it. It's the gist of it. Oh, oh uh, the way he haunts campus. The way he haunts campus is that uh, uh, there's this one pathway near the 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 area where this house is on. It's it's a Federalist style home, but it's now an administrative building. And because professors used to live on campus, and that's why on Princeton campus, it, it appears as though there's a lot of homes on campus, but that's just because they used to live on campus. But anyway, so the Joseph Henry house is haunted in that um, undergrads will be walking through this pathway at light or de- night or day, and yeah. they report a huge, looming, Hulk-like figure that they feel coming out of the area and trying to grab them in a very oh. hostile manner to the point that they run and they're they're literally terrified. There was actually one undergrad who was so terrified she was put in the campus infirmary and couldn't speak for two weeks. Oh my uh, so God. he is he's mad. I mean he's mad. He's Antoine, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's a full time job being a guy like Antoine LeBlanc, right? Yeah, it is. So, but it's good you know, for business. It's great. It's great. I love Antoine. He's a good guy. But but 
the better ones are, like I was saying, that the cemetery is kind of a metaphor for the town. And I feel like the ghosts in Princeton are a metaphor for the town, too, because I've got we got really smart ghosts who haunt. We've got really, you know, tycoonish, rich ones who do. And then we've got big fat nobodies, right? But my mm-hmm. favorite uh, experiences that people say they have uh, on the tours are when the alumni come back and they take our tour. Cause really? I don't oh. know if you've ever been to – oh, if you've ever been to a Princeton University uh, reunion, 30,000 come back every year. Oh, wow. There's, there's 90,000 living tigers today. <laughs> 30,000 come back every year. Holy so if tiger. you think there's a way to make an appointment to come back and visit that alma mater, oh, mm-hmm. it's haunted, right? Oh, and that's, that's what I think John was feeling. And so when you get on that campus and you just try and connect with the famous alumni who've passed, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. tingling. It's tingling. Mm-hmm. And all you have to know is the history of their university and the history of their life story and their favorite place of all, and you're going to have an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do the EMS meters, we do the thermometers, we do the dousing rods and all that, and we, we do a rudimentary explanation. But, but we have, a, you know, over 175 of each one of those. Oh, wow. We have do you really? Cases. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. God bless you. Well, That's well, more mainly, than I got. <laughs> mainly, well, mainly, now, these are not as nice as y'all, right? These are, you know, it's, it's what it is. But the, when people take these, when they take our experience, these people are more, it's for fun. It's a, it's a dabble. And we don't get very charismatic about experiences, right? Um, I never had an experience until my granddaddy died. And then it was uh-huh. undeniable. It absolutely happened. There, and, but I don't feel a need to whatever. And then, and then, to be honest, after hanging out with John and all these things and getting more comfortable with this, uh-huh. um, it's, very, it's very easy for me now. But it's not, I'm not frightened. I'm not closed at all to it. You know, right? If anything, it's, it's kind of exciting because you're kind of like, okay, so well, this realm was, is fun. What was but your the granddaddy's next one is experience? What was your yeah, experience like with to, your granddaddy? Yeah. I'd like to hear about so, that. Yeah. So I had... 13 family members fight in the Revolutionary War. And Granddaddy uh, was uh, very much a patriot and and was involved in World War II and that kind of thing. And he was just this kind of, I guess every family's got a statesman, you know, larger-than-life kind of person. And and Granddaddy was definitely that in our family. And when he passed, um, I had already moved to Princeton. I'd already started this stuff. He had visited here. He was very proud of his little granddaughter and all that kind of stuff. And um, So when he passed, it was the same month that the state of New Jersey agreed to allow me to do ghost tours on Princeton Battlefield. And Princeton Battlefield, if you Google it, it was one of the most definitive battles during the Revolutionary War. And George Washington always said, you know, if the Battle of Princeton hadn't happened, the whole war would have been finished. And I love Princeton Battlefield. Fascinating. George Washington was there. Crazy story, all that kind of stuff. And there's actually a, a... cemetery there too and that you'd want to see um it's just a resting spot where they have british and american soldiers were all buried together and oh. they have a little memorial there yeah pretty powerful mm-hmm. and so i had been wanting to get access to this access access and strangely enough after granddaddy passed i get all of a sudden the state of new jersey i get this contact back and they're like yeah we're gonna let you do it Ooh. and so my mom who is probably the most supportive mother on the planet uh, I called her immediately and told her she got on a plane 
like literally within days, and she said, well, "We're going out there with a dousing run, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna build this tour. It's gonna be amazing, and I'm gonna help mm-hmm. you." And so oh, wow. she came, and we got the dousing rod, thermometer, and all that kind of stuff, and we went over. And here I am with my southern mama, and <laughs> we are over at the commemorative burial site, and we had those dousing rods. We started asking questions, and sure enough, they were crossing at the same time. We were bawling. Uh, we <laughs> were, it just was so great. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and then we, we we I don't even know how long we were there because you know once you have an experience and you're connected, you, it's hard to want it to end. You know, especially right. when you really have you love somebody. Um, so that was my connection with with Granddaddy. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and then and then you get this like once you have a real connection, you're like, oh, I get this. You know, you have mm-hmm. to have a real connection uh, and a real interest and. Um, it's a two-way street. I mean, I have to think it takes a lot of energy to connect with us on this side. You've got to give that energy on that side, on our side, I think. At least that's my experience. I'm not the expert. But my experience is the more intentional I am and focused and really interested, uh, the more I have those tingles and experiences. Wow. Right. Oh, that's, that's cool. You, you do various tours, not just the cemetery tour. You do, like, different ones besides that one or yeah the most popular is the five-star shameless name dropping tour and that <laughs> that really is it's just the obnoxious shameless name dropping in princeton and it is it's just obnoxious i mean it's not we it's you know the first half is princeton university campus which is pretty hard not to love and it's gorgeous if you've never been it's a great thing again after all this stuff is over to come see but and then the, yeah. the second half is einstein's neighborhood Oh, wow. And uh, and then we've got the neighborhood of Woodrow Wilson and Grover Cleveland and Andrew Carnegie and the list goes oh, on and God. on. So that's, wow. can you believe this? So in two hours, you're going to see it all, right? And then of course at the end we shamelessly name drop about who lives here now. So that's that's the most popular one. It's a walking. Is that a walking? Tour. Is that a walking yeah. tour? Walking tour. Do you believe it? Three miles, two hours. You'll see it all. Oh, that's good. And. Yeah, um, so those are on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. Saturdays and Sundays, um, those are the public tours. And then uh, during the, the fall season is the cemetery and Halloween uh, tours. And during the holidays, um, holiday kind of, you know, Thanksgiving to the new year, we do trolley tours. And those are one-hour oh, cool. tours. And we go mm-hmm. further so I can take people to see Robert Oppenheimer's house and they can see um, the Institute where Einstein actually worked. And a lot of people don't know the real Wicked Witch of the Wisp lived here and the inspiration for Indiana Jones lived here. And it, yeah, the list goes on and on. It's oh, a lot wow. of fun. That's so cool. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's sounds really, great. you know, we've when been you really your, lucky. Your to cemetery have a great tours, do you actually go through a cemetery and do you go at night? Okay. Now I just sound like a big show off, but hey. Not bragging if it's true. The town has lost their mind and given <laughs> the tour lady a key to the cemetery. <laughs> That's awesome. Because in Massachusetts, we're the only it's people who to have go it. in cemeteries at night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're the only people who have it. We're actually the only private tour operator in Princeton. Um, oh, so, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So we, um, uh, like the, the, the ghost tours, we call it the ghost tour and cemetery, uh, ghost tour, ghost hunt, and cemetery visit. And so we do the ghost stories and the ghost hunt outside the gates. And then when we get inside the gates, 
uh, very respectful. And, you know, pretend your granddaddy's buried there kind of thing. And right. tour guides have iPads. And uh, so you can see the person. I've always found, too, that people learn differently, and I wonder if sometimes seeing a visual, it's easier for people to remember historical figures sometimes. Yep. Um, and we, uh, we basically take them through a section of the cemetery. We start in the oldest part, you can imagine, and, and we, as we're going through the cemetery, we tell the chronological history of Princeton so that people really get kind of a snapshot of, okay, why is it called Princeton? Why did the college come here? How come it was a country club, you know, kind of school and community? And why is it now the most diverse school in town in the Ivy League? And kind of put a red bow around it. So we, you know, the highlights in the cemetery are definitely Aaron Burr Jr., uh, the famous duelist who's famous on Broadway right now. His dad (laughs) was actually president of Princeton University, which is why Aaron Burr Jr. went to Princeton University. And, uh, He's actually buried at the foot of his daddy, Aaron Burr Sr., and his grandfather, Jonathan Edwards. So he's buried inside what they call the president's plot, which is all Princeton University presidents are buried there except for a few. Uh, And even though Aaron Burr Jr. wasn't a president of Princeton University, he had so many enemies when he passed away that they buried him uh, in a midnight ritual. And they had armed guards to protect his body Mm. when he was there. So he's under the protection of his daddy. Yeah. He's under the protection of his, his granddaddy and his daddy in there. And then a few steps away is John Witherspoon, who was the signer of the Declaration of Independence. And he's a big deal for Princeton University history. And uh, he's going to basically retool the college, did a lot of things. So he signed the Declaration and saved the nation. He you know, saved the school in a way when it was going through a hard time. And he's also the great, 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 great oh. uncle to Reese Witherspoon. Famous American really? actress. Yeah. Isn't that great? You <laughs> name drop you. That's a lot of great. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and then we, we've got George Gallup buried there. We've got Paul Tulane, the founder of Tulane University. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up in Princeton and he went on to make a ton of money and he came back and he wanted, it was back when, you know, colleges became universities, right? And when they became universities, it was a new opportunity to name something, right? And so a lot of wealthy alumni were wanting the school, the College of New Jersey, to rename the school after them. So Paul went over to the College of New Jersey, now Princeton University, and he said, hey, name this thing after me. And they (laughs) said, no, of course. And so when he had already designed his life-size memorial to himself, which is now in the cemetery, but he specifically stated, according to town folklore, that he wanted his backside to face Princeton University. <laughs> so he's counties, counties like to say he's mooning the university. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, so the tour guides were obsessed with facts. So we were like, oh, my God, we've got to get hold of the will that said that he was mooning it and we could have it on the iPad and everything. So we got hold of everything. And, you know, it's not true. Uh, he specifically said he wanted to face his mother's birth home. But that's how rumors get started. We like spreading them. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. What kind of, so there must be some amazing statuary in this cemetery and structures, uh, given the the wealthiness. Yes, every type of kind of monument, mausoleum, everything. So the, the older ones, you can imagine, are above ground, right? Because that's what they were doing everywhere else. Plus, it's so near. So, is it a garden area. cemetery? 
Is it what? A garden cemetery? Garden. So, yes. So, uh, I think I understand. When you say garden cemetery, y- yes, it's, um, there's trees, flowers, everything. It was designed to be something where they wanted people to come and right. and be a green space and to hang out. Lauren yes. Hutton, uh, the editor of Harper Magazine, he's a big deal back at you – know, Mark Twain used to visit his house here, and so did Helen Keller. He was a big deal. And mm-hmm. so when he designed his tombstone, it's actually a table in the – cemetery because he specifically mm-hmm. said he wanted people to picnic there and mm-hmm. discuss literary works. So there's lots of things like that. And you'd love it because Michael Graves, the guy that gave you your fav- favorite buildings in Disney, you know, the crazy uh-huh. cool buildings, right? When near Gwent, he has his own self-designed uh, monument in there and it looks just like a Michael Graves building, which is fun to go see. Oh, wow. um, there's a guy That's in the neat. cemetery, uh, you know, it's, I was teasing, it's a competitive town, so if you're not smart or rich, you want to be funny in the cemetery. There's a guy in there that has a tombstone. Tombstone says, I told you I was sick. Uh, <laughs> that's where that comes from? Yeah, that's here. I always thought Oh, my God. Sick. I've seen that's that so real? many times. I thought that was Google a big one. Google, no, it's Princeton Cemetery, and his, his name's Charles Hahn, H-A-H-N. I'll send you a picture after this. Uh, awesome. But it's, yeah. It's the cutest little town. Oh, uh, the Menendez, is... the Menendez mother and uh, father buried in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys grew up here. Who, and whose when, mother and father? When, I missed that. What? Uh, Menendez. Oh. Uh, the, oh yes. The mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. The boys grew up here. Went to a private school here. And in fact, one of the boys was in Princeton when the family had moved to California, but he got uh, expelled for plagiarizing, which was part of why the family was reunited in California. Yeah. And he'd actually written a play about a son that murdered his parents, which was not oh, good in the courtroom. Oh, my God. Do you believe wow. that? So then the, oh. so the murders happened, and they, you know, of course, they didn't suspect the boys in the beginning, and the, they, the family came back. Well, the boys were over at the cemetery, and they, um, they got this huge plot, and they actually tried to bribe the caretaker to move three of the children's tombstones. It was near the children area oh. because they wanted their parents to have that much more space to rest in peace. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, that was sake. nice. Did you believe it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Doug. Wow. So, are there stories the about the cemetery itself other than the, the wallet man? The, are there stories of any type of phenomena, a ghost scene there or, or lights or anything? So the only thing, because, you know, I I figured that might be a question there. And, you know, the only thing that we've actually really heard is just when people go there and they take the orb shots. Um, I heard your podcast earlier, you know, and you know how people can digitally manipulate those. But the orb shots in that cemetery, that's why I really hope once this stuff blows over, boy, I'd just love to have some of your experts and y'all come. I just think you'll be blown away. Um, so there's just lots of activity like that. I have never, okay. I've never, even John, never heard anyone say that they've seen somebody in there. Uh, okay. So I don't want to be, a, I Fair don't want to be a disappointment. But I know enough about this that the minute you're a phony, people can see right through it. We just haven't had, an, we haven't had anybody uh, give us that kind of experience that they've told me okay. about. Yep. Do you know if uh, Princeton University itself is haunted? Are there stories about the, the college itself? 
Oh, yeah. All the students will tell you. Absolutely. There's, um, uh, you know, well, the Lincoln Ghost Train is probably the, the biggest one. That's April 24th. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Lincoln's body went from D.C. all the way to his hometown yeah. in Illinois, and it stopped Maple. had different stops. And so the Dickey train, there used to be a train that ran through Princeton campus. And um, April 24th, around 5 in the morning, students will say they hear a train. It's like, mm-hmm. and they can almost, you know, it's, it feels like a train is outside your window type thing. Oh, wow. And, really? and we have had students describe it's a train and it's got two caskets in it one's very long one's very short which would make sense because he was remember he took his son with him Mm -hmm. uh to go be buried back there so that's kind of a fascinating i love that story there's a theater on campus called theater on team uh it's uh, french for intimate um but anyway the the students who perform there it's so cute it's a little 150 stone uh Peter Stone Building, um, mm-hmm. but it was named, it's the Hamilton Murray uh, Theater now, but Hamilton, basically, his family gave the church to the school. They just felt like there wasn't something that looked enough like a chapel, and so he had an oil portrait of himself that was in this one little area of the church, and then when they renovated it, somehow the oil painting got behind, uh, like, the mantle area. And nobody knew it was behind there. So all of a sudden there's these hauntings and people can, they're seeing a guy on stage and there's, there's items missing and costumes missing and, and terrible noises during performances and things like that. And then when they renovated the building, one of the workmen found this oil painting. And oh. they, put it, they put it back up where it was originally. And since then there's been no visitation. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's cool. that, Neat. That's pretty it's it's cool stuff. And then we've had even faculty tell us about um, their prospect house was the president's house on Princeton campus. And when Woodrow Wilson became president, you know, he's the guy next to World War One kind of thing. Well, he was next door neighbors with Robert Wood Johnson, the inventor of Johnson Johnson. So people oh. love to wonder, how did Johnson Johnson get so big? Right. Well, Robert Wood Johnson <laughs> has done pretty well because he was doing wound care off his railroads. Right. The railroads that were going on. And so mm-hmm. just before World War I broke out, Woodrow Wilson's going to meet with him in Prospect House, where he had just been president of the university. And mm-hmm. Robert Wood Johnson goes over there, and they, he says, hey, listen, you can't tell anybody, but we're, I'm going to take this place to war, and I'm going to need a bunch of wound care. So get with your board, and you need to make a bunch of bandages. Just don't tell anybody. And that's what started famous Johnson & Johnson. Johnson Johnson. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So Goodness. when you go in Prospect House, if you take dousing rods and things like that, you try and connect with Robert. Or Woodrow, you're going to have an experience. Nice. Cool. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So when, cool. You, when you do these tours, you mentioned you have like all kinds of equipment. And I saw it on your website as well. Yeah. How do you meet those out? I mean, how do you hand those out there? Do you give like everybody just doesn't get one of each of those, right? You must have so like different I have people. These, we have these huge cases, um, and I hire local Princeton teams like Mm -hmm. a lot (laughs) to stand there with them and so as a tour group approaches there's just a ton of equipment in these cases and so we just say hey you know we we teach as much as we kind of know and you know it's like okay so if you're in a group take one of each and you can authenticate and then you know just spread out and then you know we're going to be here for about 20 minutes so if you if you don't like that one or this is this or this or that just come back and get more but, but we teach okay. them how to ask questions and that kind of stuff. So it's about a 20-minute piece 
of an hour and a half tour. So it's not like people are carrying them around for an hour and a half. Oh, I see. Okay, I get okay. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a blip on that radar. Uh-huh. That's how I keep them safe. It's also how, look, the cemetery, I feel just so lucky to have access. So we want to make real sure oh, that you are. You're, out, you're very lucky. Yeah, when, yeah, when you're outside the gates, um, you know, look, it's for fun and that, 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 more inside those gates. It's a lot like, you know, if somebody holds the responsibility to tell your story of your life, you don't want a lot of distractions. And um, mm-hmm. when we hope it's a little bit inspirational, too, right? Because those people were just like us. And lived through stuff, you know, the Spanish flu, you know, they, they went through stuff just like we did. And um, all of us are capable of a lot of a, a great history or not. So, you, you know, we hope it's kind of an inspirational thing, too. So if people wanted to find out more about your tours, Mimi, how could they uh, do that? Oh, that's nice of you to ask. I mean, you know, I've got that website, PrincetonTourCompany.com. And I think it mm-hmm. does a pretty nice job of just kind of explaining us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, given the recent circumstances, you know, we'll see how yeah. we're going to pivot and all that kind of stuff. But we're in it for the long haul. Uh, we love right. it. Tour guides are, we're weirdos. We love this town. And we love every product we give. So we'll figure out a way to make it work uh, the time right. Yeah. So the I best thing is will. to check, check the website. And uh, when things get up and running again, uh, they can uh, book through there. Oh, Absolutely. And I'm sure we're going to be winding up in just a second, so I want to give you a little bit of a cliffhanger and encourage you to look into something. Ron, you probably have already heard about it, but, you know, the university actually studied paranormal activity for 28 years. Oh. Yeah. It's called the PAIR, the Princeton Engineering Anomaly Research Project. So I'll let you guys Google it. Um, But for class credit, students were encouraged to um, use brains to try and uh, basically create paranormal experiences. And one of the guys that we actually have, the, what they, they did these experiments, and then what they figured out is the more people have intentionality and focus on uh, items, that, that literally they can move objects, kind right. of like Star Wars, right? And so they created something called the pear lamp, where you stare, stare at this lamp a little bit like you work out at a gym and you get your legs stronger, where you stare at this lamp and you, you can make it change colors. So oh, yeah, that's Cyleron. I wondered what that was. That's it. So yeah. do you know the guy that invented that? He's one of my good friends. He lives here in Princeton. He would be fascinating for your show, I think, unless you disagree. But I, I'm fascinated with him. And whenever uh-huh. we've had him on the uh, tour, sometimes he's one of our guests. I uh, mm-hmm. kid you not. Every single time that lamp, it it we had the whole group think of one color, and sure enough, boom, it happened. <laughs> That's cool. Love it. cool. That's really it's cool. So fun. It's we, so had, we had talked about. I talked about that earlier on the first show, the international show, where uh, to me the ideal of ghost hunting would be the the beginning uh, part of uh, the, the movie Red Lights and with Sigourney Weaver and, and that whole. Uh, scientific research aspect of it is just tremendous. It's unfortunate the way it's going now, but that's the way it is. Unfortunately, we're out of time, so we've got to say goodbye. So I guess it's been Mimi from uh, Princeton Tours. We want to thank you so much for being with us. Yes, thank you so much, Mimi. That was just awesome. Thank you. I'm just so, thank you. I'm a big fan. Thank you for inviting me. 
<laughs> oh, you're welcome. So and glad. remember, today's show is brought to you by. Oh, before I go, uh, I have a special venture for an online online class with uh, Maureen Wood and myself through Circles of Wisdom. Uh, go to circlesofwisdom.com. We're going to do it on dowsing. Actually, it's a two-hour class, and we're looking Ooh. at uh, fifty uh, fifty shades of dowsing, basically. <laughs> uh, so uh, check check it out. And uh, good night and God bless everyone. Thank you, Mimi. Good night. Back at you. Thanks, God. Good night. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.